Viewer discretion is advised. He goes, I'll give you a week. And that week ended up being 10 years. Mandate. Hey, welcome to Mandate, uh, to the podcast Mandate. And so, like we said before, nothing's off the table. And so we're, we're very privileged to have men, um, men who are doing some great things and um, who continue to do some great things. And the hope that, um, that we're able to encourage and inspire other men to do likewise. And so the, hope, the premise really is about um, just broadening our, our, our perspective and, our, and widening our, 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 our thoughts as well. And so tonight we have AJ, we've got an, a, a special guest tonight, a very um, amazing uh, young man. And so give it up please for Nixon Clark. Oh wow, the studio audience! Wow, and thank you for calling me young. I appreciate that. I don't get that a lot these days. Thank you. Hey, also thank you so much for coming on um, tonight. We're very privileged, like I said before. Um, and so for the for the men who are watching this and for the viewers who are watching this tonight, if you could just give us a little bit. Obviously, uh, people may have seen or heard of you. Oh, I know that. I know that voice, that familiar voice on the airwaves. Um, but if you can tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of head into or delve into that kind of the radio and, and, and you being on radio and so forth. And just to give us a little bit of a glimpse of, of the earlier times or your life um, before radio. Before radio. Um, okay, uh, where do I start? Um, I was born on the 22nd of August, 1985. Uh, my first name, my real first name is Anthony. Uh, Anthony oh. Stephen Mamilo Soialo Nixon Clark. Um, and um, when I was born, my mum, I think I, I think I gave my mum a rough ride and um, my nana had to do the paperwork and typical Samoan didn't read the boxes and put all the names in the wrong places and then put all these random Samoan bits in my name that my dad can't even pronounce. Um, and then, um, yeah, 38 or 37 years later, um, they call me Nixon now. So they just stuck with that and, and they kind of went, yeah, it kind of just stuck and people just ran with that. So, yeah, so that was... Um, from the time that I was born to how I got my name. And um, I'm an Auckland boy, very proud to be from the 09. Um, I went away a couple of years for schooling in Australia. Um, it's like a, like I was uh, doing some, uh, I got a scholarship overseas. My parents thought I was good at rugby. Um, and then I didn't make any team. And then my dad was like, you're coming home, you're, you're useless. So <laughs> so I ended up coming back to so Auckland. And now instead of playing sport, I talk about sport on the radio. So yeah, that's, that's basically been my life. I'm my only child and... I'm married to a very beautiful Balangi woman and oh, um, yes. I feel like I'm living my best life. So, yeah. Man, awesome. And so the scholarship, was the scholarship based on sports, was it? Or was it based on the Yeah, it was, um, it was academics and sport. Um, mm. But like I only just scraped in with sport, but it kind of gave my dad this glimmer of hope that, you know, one day I might, you know, put on an all black <laughs> jersey or something, but that never happened. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Father's dream, eh? Yeah, everyone got bigger and I didn't. And everyone got like better at like tackling and skill and I didn't. So, um, yeah, that kind of fell flat. But I, I love watching sport, and I think that I'm halfway there. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And so with all that coming happening and, and, and in radio. Yeah. And so it's, it is quite fascinating because we hear your voice a lot on the radio and, and for, for many years. Mm. And so how did that um, happen for you? How did that kind of radio kind of end up being the avenue that you kind of took and kind of pursued? Yeah, I was talking about this the other day. Um, someone asked me the exact same question. So you know when you go to school and they um, always say, oh, so-and-so talks too much, so-and-so talks too much, so, so-and-so gets distracted too much. And I got that a lot. And I know probably a lot of people got that. And a lot of teachers like think of that as a negative. And when you get your report card back, your parents think that that's a negative too. And so I think it was like one day I sat, it was like seven form or year 13 now for all the youngins. And um, I just flipped it. And I was talking to the guidance counselor at school who was a beautiful Samoan woman. And 
she was like, what do you want to do? And I, I kind of looked at my report card and, and looked at all my grades. And I was like, how about I take that negative and turn it into a positive? And in 2022, they now pay me to talk. So when everybody thought wow. that it was a negative, wow. that I was talking wow. too much in class, that keeps my power on. So, so I, I kind of looked at it like that. And I thought maybe um, radio would be a good shout. And, and then uh, I wanted to get into communications and learn how to communicate and, and tell good stories and make people laugh. And, and then um, I figured out that you can get paid for that. Wow. And then I ended up doing it with a good friend that I did radio with for a long time. And his name's Nate Nower. So we kind of went on that journey together. Wow. wow. Yeah. What amazing. And it's been a, a long, in terms of longevity, mm. uh, I guess you're one of the, probably the, the longest heard um, voices on, on the radio, um, um, Nixon. Mm. And so uh, obviously we'll, we'll touch base on something else later on. Um, but if you can tell us, because um, I know you kind of went on into radio with, um, with, with Nate. And so tell us a little, little bit about your, the relationship between you and Nate, because obviously you guys are like real close buddies or yeah. best, of, best of friends. So um, we, we kind of like, we knew each other a little bit. We kind of grew up together um, and we ended up going to radio school because they needed brown people in there for funding. And so um, we were like, oh, sweet. If you're going to pay for it, all goods. So we ended up doing it. And then Nate and I um, were doing like part-time work at New FM as well. And we, we, we got so much love for that radio station because they kind of gave us, or well, one Pacific people a voice. And um, they gave us a shot, you know, and, um, you know, we knew nothing, but we would do anything. We were cleaning the dishes, you know, helping out in the promo team. And we were just always together. And then um, when we ended up going to radio school, uh, it was like an our... I think we we're halfway through the course and then they started this new radio station in Auckland called Flavor, which mm, everybody knows now. Yeah, yeah. And they were running a competition to see, you know, who can be the night show host for it. And Nate, he like looked at me and he goes, I dare you to enter that. And we were just laughing about it. And he goes, no, 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 straight up. I dare you to enter that. And I was like, nah, bro, they're just doing that. Like they probably already found somebody. And he goes, nah, go on. You got nothing to lose. I won't tell anyone. So anyway, I submitted a tape um, that him and I both made and then, um, and I got the job. Wow. And that was my first commercial radio job. And I've got to give Nate credit for that because if it wasn't for his dear, um, I would never have done it and I would never have got a job. And because of that, I said, bro, if we ever get a chance to, um, you know, if I ever get a chance to pick my co-host on any show that I do, like I got you. And um, wow. when I got the gig at, at my FM, they were like, who do you want to do the show with? And I was like, oh, I know the person. And um, that's how Nixon Nate started on on my FM. So, wow, what a story! Uh, yeah, but no, like he's got my back, and I know that, and and I've got his, and and that's a friendship that's uh, that's surpassed, you know, the radio, and yeah. it's become like real life for us. Mm. So, yeah, uh, what a, what a story, man! Mm. Man, that's awesome. I um, I heard that you have a group of friends that you've had since like kindergarten. Like, yeah, there's five of them that you've you've sort of been boys with. My type five. Yeah, yeah, your type five. Yeah. Um, and so I was a little bit curious about how. How friendships endure that long? What's the, what's the secret to keeping friendships? Because obviously, I mean, as you get older, it gets harder to to mm. be social and to, to keep those relationships. So you really have to pick and choose. Yeah. But um, what's the secret to maintaining a friendship like that? Yeah. So um, I'm a I'm a very like God fearing man. So um, mm. church was a massive part in, in 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 my life, and that's where we kind of all gravitated to. So we went to Kinga, but all our mums, you know, would rally us up and we'd all have to go to Sunday school and church and all that sort of stuff. So that's kind of been the center of it um, for us. So we all grew up in the church and, you know, we all went to school together, kindergarten. We went to primary intermediate high school. And then because your relationship's so tight, your mum becomes aunties to them. 
you become family mm. and um, we all treated each other like like legit brothers. And I think that it, just that common interest and we can all go away, have jobs, they've got families now, but we all can come back and we can feel youthful again and we've still got so much in common because of the history. And we make time for that too. Yeah. So we always make time. It's like, hey, once a month, boys catching up, bring your families. We're all going to have a barbecue or we'll go cafe or, you know, go movies or just go do something. So we always make time for that. And I think it's so important. And I think when life's so busy as well and, you know, the stresses of like work and the stresses of, you know, outside stuff, your environment, you know, you can always center yourself with those people mm. that you trust. And if you've got those people around you, it keeps you humble too. Yeah. It keeps you humble. And um, that's, that's really important. And we, we made that pack. Um, we made that pack. I think it was like, our last year of school, it's like, we've got to stay, we've got to stay tight. And, and still to this day, like just as I was driving here, we all had a group chat on, on Facebook oh, and wow. just having a talk, just having a catch up on, on the day and planning what we're going to do on Saturday. So, yeah. Man, that's yeah. awesome. So, and I love, I love the fact that you said, um, well, I guess we kind of touched base on longevity, um, Nixon. Mm. Uh, obviously longevity with friends, longevity on the radio station, but just for the men out there, just for some of the aspiring young men, Boys or people in general, they may be thinking, "Oh man, I want to, I want to get into the broadcasting. I want to get into the radio." And just in case, what 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 are some advice or some of the the, the gems you could give some of our, our men who may be thinking, "Hey," because some people might be yeah. thinking, "Hey, it's easy. Get on, get on the studio, just talk." Yeah. Um, but I can imagine there's a, there's a lot of grind. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. There's a lot of work. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. You said I was young before, but radio has definitely aged me. Um, <laughs> you got to wake up at three o'clock every morning and, and even on the weekends, it screws you over. But no, like I think the main thing is, and I think for it, like any any career um, that people are going for, like the one thing that I've had to like refocus myself on or remind myself on is that within our culture, as a, as a proud Samoan guy who's, mm. who is multicultural and represents for my English side as well, we, we're taught to be humble all yeah. the time you know that it's it's like ingrained in us by our elders to stay humble and i think that's that's all well and good but don't let that overshadow ambition mm. and and that's one thing is that yeah you can be humble but have dreams like have ambition like what do you want to achieve and and i think that as long as you respect your humbleness know that you're on a journey to create something special so then the legacy that your elders are putting on you, you can create that legacy for the next generation. Mm. And that's, and I think there's, there's a, there's room for both of those to be ambitious, to have drive, to have goals, but to also stay humble at the same time. Don't let one overweigh the other. Mm. Um, and, and also with that as well, um, I, I love reading and there was this, there was this um, passage in a book and at first it shook me, but then as I sat on it and resonated on it for a bit, it actually makes sense. And it was, if your dreams, unless they're actually your dreams. Wow. And I see that, and, and I see so many people, they get, um, they get into a stage where they see somebody else doing good and they're like, oh, I can do that too. I'm gonna try and do that. But then it doesn't work for them. And then you have to realize that actually wasn't your dream. Mm. Like, what are you good at? What's your ambition? Like, what do you actually want to achieve? And is it your calling or not? And I think that once you weigh that up, because some people look, man, like Adi Savia is like amazing, but I can't do what Adi Savia yeah, does. Yeah. And he looks like he's doing life the best, but that's not my calling. And so I think that once you know your dream, it makes that ambition so much easier to achieve and the humbleness just comes with it. So again, wow. focus on your dreams. Like don't look at what other people are doing. Like what's your calling? And I think that's the main thing. Wow. Yeah. 
Because like, I can imagine, and that's well, well said. Um, Does that actually make sense? No, that makes, that makes oh, yeah, cool. sense. Because I, I felt like I was waffling and I was like, oh, no. Okay. No, that makes perfect oh, yeah. sense. But what are your thoughts? Because, uh, NJ, because there's, there's probably a lot of young people out there, or men in general, who may be thinking, oh, man. Like I said before, you you're saying, um, because they're, hey, I want to be just like Nixon. And then all of a sudden they try to get into the radio and so forth and things don't work out for them. Mm. Because um, what are your thoughts? Do you think a lot of us are trying to pursue other people's goals or dreams, or, or is it just um, is it just like a facade? Is like oh, because he's doing really good, I want to do good, I want to do that, and not really know for a fact. Hey, I'm not really good at that, or I'm really actually good at this. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I figured it out at like 28, which for some people that's quite late in life. Um, and I just I got reminded that it's so much easier to be yourself than to be someone else. Like it's so much easier just to live your true self rather than trying to fake it till you make it. Um, and, and that's that. like, I mean, if you're calling and your heart is telling you, you want to do radio, mm. then man, just hustle hard. Like everybody started at the bottom. Like I said before, Nate and I were washing dishes, you know, we were like, sending out prizes as well as sending those prizes to our house too. But you know, like you're doing, <laughs> you're, you're doing, you're doing things that, you know, that's the life you want to live. Yeah. You don't want to like pursue something just because you think it looks good. Like mm. radio might look good from the outside, but if it's not your calling, it's going to be a really rough ride and you're not going to enjoy it. Wow. So I, I feel like, yeah, if you want to do something and you really believe and your your heart is telling you that that's where you want to be, then you got to keep hustling and, awesome. and know you're not going to get there at the start. You, you, it's, it's a work in progress. And I think that's like with any job, right? You start at the bottom and then you work your way through, mm. but nice. yeah. Yeah. So cool, and I like like you said, um, but humility, um, Nixon, and it seems to be something that's um, that we as Pacific Islanders, AJ, that we kind of kind of wrestle with, and it's kind of hard for us to kind of sometimes overcome, so to speak. But what what do you think that's the case, um, Nixon? What is what is it? Why is humility like oh, I have to need to be humble? Why is it that we as as a people find it so hard to overcome the humility and say, oh no, I'm not gonna shine the light on myself i'm just gonna you know just be humble what, what, what's that what's up with that yeah i don't know i like a lot of like i, I had that as well like um, my mum always always reminds me to stay humble i think i get a reminder every single day <laughs> um and, and again like i feel like i am um i'm i feel like a little bit of myself is misunderstood sometimes i think once you get to know me you're like oh i i get it now i get it but i think um a lot of it too is because we Pacific Island people, as much as we probably don't want to admit it, but we know that it exists. I think we've mm. got like this point start deficit. I feel like, you know, we feel like, oh, maybe we're not good enough for that. Or oh, because of the way the world is, I don't see someone like me doing that, you know? And and I had that same complex as well. Um, when I eventually decided that um, uh, my time was done at my FM, I thought, mm. well, maybe us brown guys are only meant for hip hop and R&B radio. Mm. Maybe there's not a chance for us because I didn't see anyone like me or that sounded like me on another radio station like my only other option was going back to flavor going to new fm or my fm mm. because that's, that's what the industry yeah, looks like yeah, right yeah. you know so like if, if you're listening to a radio station you're going to gravitate to people that sound like you yeah. look like you and so i think um the more people we can get into jobs that that are in mainstream that can prove that we can do that i think we'll break down those walls mm. so then we can go oh cool, I can think different now. Like it's not just this way. It can be all these different ways. And I think that's the probably the most thing that I'm, the, the thing that I'm most proud about is that um, our company MediaWorks gave me the opportunity as a, a proud Samoan man once again to 
be on a radio station and leading a team that's been historically a Balangi show or a Balangi radio station um, on the edge. So again, I hope that that inspires other people to go, oh, shucks, I'm brown too. I can, there is a chance for me to go there. So um, again, more faces, more voices heard and and seats that um, haven't been historically filled by Pacific Islanders or Maoris will help break down that humility a little bit and create more of that ambition. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say it. um, Sort of reminds me of like, it can sometimes be a double-edged sword, that humility, but also just finding your ambition. Mm. Um, I think with the introduction of social media yeah. and, you know, everyone's living their best life and sometimes it's it's even harder now to really find what, what you stand for and what you're going to push for. Yeah. Um, and, and I like some of the points that you've mentioned in terms of um, you being able to find your path mm. um, through the report cards. It's sort of your origin story, you know, yeah. as, as, a, as a superhero and as a role model. Um, and I just want to comment on... I think it's awesome that you are able to branch off into new spaces. I find in whatever arena in life you're operating in, it's, it's scary it is. when you're mm. sort of being the first right, in that you, space. You think about like our parents, right? They had one job and they stuck in their yeah. one yeah. job for ages. Life. Yeah. And like my mum cried when I left my FM because she was like, no, that's, that's, that's where you, that's like, you've done all of this. Like, why would you yeah. leave it? But again, like ambition kicks in. I'm going to stay humble, mum, I promise. But I want to do better for not just me, but for eventually if I'm blessed enough to have kids and, you know, for those other people, again, that want to do radio yeah, is to show yeah. that we can do more than hip hop and R&B radio. We can do that. We can we can be more than just athletes. Mm. You know, they think, oh, yeah, you're an Islander. Oh, you must be good at rugby. Nah, we can do better than that. <laughs> mm. We can be CEOs. We can be um, managers. We can do all of this stuff. We can travel the world. We can be, you know, recognized for other skills and other skill sets. Wow. So, Yeah. And it's it's amazing, um, um, Nixon, because is, is it fair to say, Nixon, and I just throw it out there, is it fair to say that you kind of made um, my female in terms of the, the ratings and, and so forth, um, and the number one ratings? Number one, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Cause I want to touch on that, because you, for, for, for so long, the number one ratings, but in terms of recognition and, and so forth, how how was that, uh, the whole... I, I, I do get a lot of credit for that, but um, I can't own it. Mm. Um, I can't own it. Um, I think I was just like the common denominator there. Um, but y- you know who I actually want to give full credit to? And and it was ba- based on a lot of trust is DJ Sevilla. Wow. Wow. So it, like DJ Sevilla and I have this real like really weird relationship. It's like a real love-hate relationship. <laughs> like love each other, but hate working with each other, you know? <laughs> but there was like they were when – First of all, like Nate and I doing My FM for the first time was a real shock to a lot of people because historically My FM was a Maori station yeah. for the youth of like the Te Reo Maori embraced it. Like we had to speak Te Reo, like we, it was, it was made for the youth of Aotearoa that represented as Maori. And then all of a sudden two Samoans turn up and then they have a turn and like they'd never had that before. So we, we came up to with a lot of resistance to that. And then, um, we they they committed to it and they said oh we'll see how they go we'll see how they go and then they they were making us do all these things that just weren't right for our people and you know they were making us like blow up cars and like pull people's pants down and we're like oh man that's not cool like you know trying to do that shocking thing and me and Nate were like not into it eh like this is not really us and then um, I said to Sevilla one day we sat down and we had like an argument and I said bro just let us be us. Yeah. Like, can you just let us be us? Like, we know each other, the relationship's there, the chemistry's there. Like, just let me and Nate talk about whatever we want to talk about. And, because we know our people. 
and we grew up different, but we know our people. And um, he goes, I'll give you a week. And that week ended up being 10 years um, because it worked. Wow. Because Nate and I both agreed that, man, like we're on this, we've got a platform, we've got a microphone. Like we want our people to be proud to be able to listen to this, no matter what culture you represent. Um, we want you to feel like, man, when you're listening to this, this is home. And Sevilla, he loosened the leash and, and he let us do us. And, and that's how the number one, I think within that year, like we got our first number one ratings. Wow, and, wow. And then I think like I stayed humble and Nate was like, see, I told you. Um, <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best. <laughs> but again, and I said, I think that set up the, the trajectory for like what it is now. Um, you know, like we lost, like I, we lost Lily and she's like a sister mm. to Nate and I, and we still all talk now. Yeah. We have our WhatsApp group, but um, she's in London now. And when she left, then we could easily bring in Tegan and then Tegan fit into the mold perfect. And then yeah. when Nate left, we brought in Jordan. Yep. And then that trajectory of like that wanting to be about our people worked. And that's why like, it didn't really matter who you put in that chair, as long as you stick to the, the, the plan, it should work. And that's why I was really content. I was really happy to leave because I knew that the other two had it. Bringing in Brooke, he knew it too. He mm. just needs to have time in the seat. And and that's the plan. That's actually the magic. Wow. When they're like, how did my film get to number one? It's because we're just being honest and real. That's wow. it. Just being yourself. Just being yourself. But what happened in, the, in that one week? What, what, what were you guys doing? Were you, what, what were you guys talking about on, on that one week? Um, oh, no, we are just having a laugh. I think like we were teasing um, all the people that turned up to uh, Polyfest and Pacifica that um, were wearing Katmandu jackets when it was like 30 <laughs> degrees. And we were just having a laugh. And then heaps of people were like, oh, man, I saw that too. And again, you're just, you're not trying to shock people. You're just, it's just observational humor. It's like, mm. what did I see today? You know, like, I think Nate brought the story in that first week as well. Like we went to um, Countdown and I ran inside to go get something and he stayed outside to have a smoke and sitting on the bread crates and someone came and gave him money thinking he was homeless <laughs> and he just shared that story and it just created laughter and it just was like man this guy's a real one because no one would really admit to yeah, being mistaken yeah, for a homeless yeah, person yeah, right yeah. so if you're not homeless um and then yeah it just I think we just started having a laugh and there were genuine laughs there were just stories that you know we could share and he would talk about his upbringing in Samoa and then in South Auckland and I could talk about growing up in West Auckland and being a, like you know, a reject athlete, you know, so like it's, yeah, I think all of that came together. And then when we brought Lily and she represented for like the females and then she could share her experiences. And I think it all just worked. People could hear something in us that was them as well. Mm. And, and that's, I think that was the magic where we, we wanted to be people's friends. You, we think about it, you know, when you go out for dinner, and you're, you see a table and they're having like laughs and fun, but your table is boring. So you want to come over to our table? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And, and we wanted you to be on the table. We didn't want you ears dropping from the table next door, like having a laugh. We wanted you mm. like come, like we're all family. You know, like when we all have a get together, yeah. come inside, yeah. like everybody grab a seat. And that's what we wanted to create on radio is that family of every. It's a community. Wow. It's a community. So yeah, there was a lot of planning and a lot of trust, but um, I mean... Thank God that it worked because, you know, it could have gone bad. But no one was doing it. No one was doing it. And I, I really feel like we trailblazed that. Wow. Mm. And it wasn't just once a um, uh, Nixon in terms of number one ratings. Was it was it several times you were- 11 years in a row we got it. Wow. 11 years in a row we got number one um, music breakfast show in Auckland. So, but was, was that acknowledged? Was it, did they acknowledge it on the radios yeah. and, and yeah. so forth? And then um, we never won best breakfast show at the radio awards, but- um, 
I think it's because Nate was responsible for the writing and he never submitted it. But, um, <laughs> but like we knew that we had done well and we and a lot of other shows were looking at what we were doing. But obviously, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you can't again. Can't you, you can't replicate because yeah, it's yeah, not your you calling. Yeah, exactly. We knew exactly. our lane, so um, you know. And but we did win um, radio station of the year, which we we're really proud about, and wow. we won a nice award for that. And, and I think um, again, once you win awards like that, you're like, my job's done now. It's time to go and spread my wings and do something else. But 11 years straight, three or four different shows amongst that time, and we still maintain that. So I'm pretty, wow. pretty proud of that. Pretty proud of that. Wow. And then now you've moved on to the Edge now. Yeah, playing Edge Sheeran and Dua Lipa instead of 50 Cent. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. And again, like I said before, I wanted to, I wanted to prove I mean, the backstory to that is that I, I thought my time was up um, mm. at the end of 2021. I, I, I sat down with my wife. I think it was like October last year. I sat down with my wife and I, I said, my contract's coming up and um, I think I'm done. I think I'm tired. You know, um, those three o'clock starts, you know, I'd have to go to bed a little bit early, you know. So I was like, oh, I've done this for so long. Maybe it's time for me to like go easy on myself a little bit mm. and be a stay-at-home parent for my dog. And... Um, <laughs> And she was like, yeah, no, that's fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, that, that's cool. And then I said, I'll reassess it after that and just take a bit of a break. And then um, I think it was December. It was two weeks before we wrapped up for the year and I hadn't told the team yet. And um, the boss came and said, hey, I know your contract's coming up. Like, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, look, I think I'm going to finish up, you know, and, you know, respectfully, thank you for everything, but I think I'm done. And um, he get, came back in like 20 minutes and he's like, do you want to go to the edge? Like, what's your thoughts on going to do something different at the edge? They needed a bit of help. And he said, oh, I've got two years. If you can, can you give me two years? And they gave me a two year contract to do that. So I went home and talked to my wife about it. And then I said, how quickly do I have to give you an answer? And he goes, before the show starts the next morning. Wow, so I wow. told my wife at like eight o'clock that night. And then I had until four o'clock the next morning to text him and tell him um, that I was going to do it or not. And so I talked to the wife, went to sleep, woke up. I said, oh, I'm going to tell him I'll take it. And so um, I, on my way to work, I, I messaged him and then he said, cool, we'll have a meeting at 9.30 um, after the after show. The show yeah. <laughs> and then he just came in. I didn't even get a chance to tell Jordan and Tegan oh, and the producing man. team. He just came in and said, oh, Nixon's finishing up. He's going over to the edge. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> and so... And then, and then um, the next day I announced that I was leaving. The team were pretty dark. They didn't talk to me for like a good hour, but then they realized that it didn't get to me. So they oh. started talking to me after <laughs> seven o'clock. And then, um, but that was still, that was still a bit dark. And, and I, I totally accept that, you know, like yeah. it wasn't really done the way that I really mm. wanted it to be done. Um, and then, yeah, the next day I announced that I was leaving. And then the day after that, it was my last show. And so it happened within three Far days. Out. Wow. Yeah, so I, I didn't really get a chance properly to say goodbye, but I didn't really want it to drag out either. Mm, but yeah. um, I enjoyed my time there, but yeah, it just happened so quick and now I'm on to this next journey. So yeah, but that was all done in three days, all done in three days. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine just a roller coaster of all these emotions, um, Nixon. Yeah. And so even in, the, in that, when he comes in, he goes, hey, 
he's leaving now and, and you got Tegan and, and Jordan saying, what the yeah. heck? What's going on here, man? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that was polite. There was a lot of more colourful words was it, was there. It yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it was pretty rough too. And like our producing team was a bit gutted as well, you know, because it just came out of nowhere. Um, I think they knew that like I was going to do something else. I yeah, think I think they yeah. got that feeling because I started to like check out a little bit. I was still going hard, but you know, you know when your mind's a little bit distracted. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You're just like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Christmas is coming and yeah, and then um they just ripped it off like a plaster and yeah, now I'm onto the edge. So yeah. Wow. And it's a it's a different beast, man. It's a very different beast, but they've accepted me with open arms and and I think again, like if I could encourage anybody when you're when you're finding a new workplace and you're starting something new, it's all about the people you surround yourself with, eh? Yeah, yeah. Like you the, the biggest thing for me about staying at my is that there was like certain things, like little things that were making me into like a grumpy old man, you know, where I was like, you know, when the kids are trying to tell you how to do something and yeah. I'm like, hey, 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 chill out, chill out. I've been here way longer than yeah, you. Yeah. But I think um, if you get that feeling and I, and I tell a lot of people this and I, and I hope this resonates with somebody, but when you get that feeling that something's not right, you have to action it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Because if you don't action it and you do bottle it up and they always say, talk about things, talk, talk, talk. If you don't action or talk about it, it bottles up so much that you'll just snap and you'll turn mm. into a real poisonous person. Mm. And you don't want that to be your legacy. You don't want that. You don't want people to remember you by being a dick or yeah, yeah. you know being difficult. And mm. so I, I was very conscious of that, that as soon as I started getting that feeling, I was like, I think I've got to leave. Otherwise I'm going to be you know, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be yeah. grumpy and I'm going to bring the team down. And I think that that was the most, probably the most mature thing I ever did. Uh, other than asking my wife to marry me. I think that was, <laughs> that's up there with one of the most mature things that I've ever wow, done. Oh, that's good. Man. Yeah. yeah. Jay, you, you want to say this? Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> um, just with that shift happening so quickly, um, I'm branching off into sort of a, a new area. Um, there must have been a lot going through your mind in terms of what's such a quick turnaround, like a lot of nerves. Mm. Um, how well did you know the crew from the edge before? I didn't. You didn't? Oh, I did, wow. I like we, we'd see each other because we all, we all work in the same building, but um, and we'd have breakfast and bump into each other. I knew Meg, all right, and she's the co-host on the show, um, awesome broadcaster, but yeah, mm. I didn't really know anything. I didn't know the music. I didn't know, um, like, man, for the first, like, even now, like, I've been doing the show for, like, three months now, and even now I'm worried that I'm going to say my FM <laughs> instead of saying The Edge, you know? So they've, they've made, like, this big-ass sign that sits right in front of me, so I know the phone number, I know everything. But, yeah, it was nervous because I didn't really know to, um, obviously, not only a station shift, but it's a cultural shift. Mm. And like I said before, like, my FM's really, like, even though it's a commercial radio station, it's very community-aware. Like, we know... We know the struggles. We we hear the stories, and it's we're very much involved in that. Mm. At my, where Edge is very mainstream. It's very like celebrity heavy, but we try and be real. But that there's quite a lot more going on at Edge um, that can distract from just community. So I thought, man, am I going to fit in here? Um, shucks, am I going to muck this up? Or you know, like, will these people even like me? Um, and and also that wasn't even the biggest concern for me because like I got welcomed there with open arms, wow. but it was all the people that I left behind at my, that came in hot and started like <laughs> abusing me. Like, because when you're in somebody's life every yeah. morning for like 11, 12 years, it, um, you feel like you're part of the family. Mm -hmm. Right. And I will never take that for granted. And I'll always feel blessed that people like had me in, in their life in their morning while they were driving to work. 
but yeah, man, I, the amount of um, times I was called a traitor, um, the abuse that I got about, you know, um, forgetting about my culture and, and mm. wanting to be Balangi and all that sort of stuff. Like, it, like that stuff gets to you. Yeah. It really yeah. gets to you. And like, I'm pretty tough skin. Like it takes a lot to, to get to me. And most things are all good, but I think when it gets personal, when people start to question your culture or question your intentions, mm. the only intention for me is to make sure that my mum and dad and my wife are looked after. Like nice. that's a, and, and I think that if people understood that, that yeah, I got, I got paid a little bit more to move to the edge, but it's not for that reason. It was to know that I'm doing this so then my wife can live her best life and feel like I'm providing as well and, and contributing. And then my mum and dad know that they've got a son that can support them too and help them out. And I think if you boil it down, that's my intention. I want to make sure that if we have kids one day, I'm financially set, I'm ready to go. And, um, and my wife's looked after and my mum and dad are sweet. And that's purely my intentions. Um, wow. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't do it for free. I love radio, but I wouldn't do it for yes. free. But that, that, that's, I didn't go there to try and be someone I'm not. I didn't go there to clout chase or anything. You know, the edge has less listeners than my FM, you know, and so um, I wanted to work hard and, and, and prove again that we can be on the mainstream. So, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah. I'll be honest, um, Nick said, man, because I heard you leaving. Oh, man. And we're so accustomed to hearing you on the radio. It's like, oh, man. And I, I felt gutted. Oh, and you're right. I think there's, there's a point where you think, man, I know this guy. Like, I personally know this guy because he's always, always on the radio. And I felt like I'm, I know this guy. He's someone else. We're, we're probably family, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so when you said you were leaving, and I, saw, I think I saw the clip where they had Tegan and, and Jordan, and they were kind of, you know, there's some tears there. I think Tegan was crying. Was like, oh, man. Yeah, but she cries all the time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, she's easy, <laughs> yeah. easy cries. There. But um, I thought, man. And I, and I don't know, for some reason, I thought, man, maybe Nixon's going into real estate or something like that. I don't know, because I heard yeah. you talk about, about property. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe he's going to real estate. He's going to do, he's going to do something totally different outside of radio yeah i think that's what got people angry i think that's what because people because i i've always um i've always joked that in 2030 i want to be the auckland mayor (laughs) um and i think people were thinking oh man he's probably gonna start his campaign and um like i have done real estate before not i'm not a real estate agent but like my wife and i invest in in property and so i think and i've talked about that a lot so i think that um people thought that I was going to go do something completely different. And then when they found out that I moved literally 10 meters to another <laughs> studio to do another radio show, I think people were a little bit butthurt about it. And, and again, like it happened so quick that I hope people understand that because it happened so quick, yeah, yeah. like that's just how it happened. And I do apologize if I hurt anybody's feelings, but again, my intentions were always mm. good and I wanted to leave the show in a healthy space in it. And I felt like I did that. So Cool, yeah, man. I didn't want people feeling like they got cut short. Like I rate Brooke. And the thing with Brooke too is that he's been my like protege. So I knew that when um, Sevilla hired him, I knew that one day he would take my seat. Yeah. And it's like an all black jersey. You don't own that seat. You don't own that jersey. So, you know, one day your time will come and someone will come and take it and make it their own. Like Robbie did that for me. Uh, Robbie um, Rakete, mm. you know, he paved the way for us, right. you know, and to, to hear his voice. I was like, one day I'm going to do that. Then I, he eventually passed that seat over to me, and I can pass that seat on to somebody so else. Nice. So, um, yeah. So again, my intentions were always in the right place, and cool, and um, yeah, I'm sorry that people thought I was gonna go sell their house and do their auctions, but no, that <laughs> that, that, that that might be later. Auckland Mayor first, nice, and then we'll go nice. real estate. Yeah, also Auckland Mayor. We'll keep. Yeah, we'll keep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I expect we'll you to vote. We we'll keep yeah. it to yeah. it, man. Nixon, 2030. Thank you. 2030. 2030. Ah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Nixon, hey. Um, 
Because I know you, 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 know, you apologize in terms of what happened in terms of the age and so forth. But I think we, we as a people, and even as a community, we, we need to apologize to you. I think a lot of the, and, and be honest about it, because I think a lot of the hate and a lot of the, the malice was coming from uh, our own people. Yeah, that was the saddest part for me. That was the saddest part. And it was sad too because the Bloody Herald wrote about it and stuff.co.nz wrote about it. And I was like, oh man, it makes our people look bad again that yeah. they've written a story about it. Um, and again, I, I don't think that everybody, anybody meant any harm by it. I think it was just pure emotion. And you can't help the way people feel. Yeah. Like if you're sad, you're sad. And I'm glad that you can actually like express your sadness. That's, that's a good thing. Um, I just think that when people write messages or when you're, when you're feeling angry, whether it's at the Warriors losing or you know, or somebody on radio that you listen to every morning leaves. I think that you have to remember someone's on the receiving end of mm-hmm. that. And sometimes it's safer sometimes just to say it out loud rather than type it and put it in somebody's inbox. Yeah, social media is real dangerous, man. I'm so glad that I got brought up without it. Mm-hmm. So I know what it's yeah. like to live without it. Yeah. Um, so I can easily turn it off. And I know that it's harder for our younger generation because the world basically circulates around what you see online now. So... Mm. It is tough, but I just hope that um, I hope that we can find balance in that and, and we can clean it up a little bit. You know, mm. I don't think anybody needs, no matter how angry somebody makes you, I don't think anybody needs to get that in their inbox mm. um, or not be able to have like a manly chat about it. Like just, mm. just you know, that's cool. You can ring 0800 MyFM or 0800 The Edge and we can talk about it. Uh, I think it's it's a little bit unfair sometimes when you yeah. can't really reply, you yeah. know. So, yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. And, um, and it is cut fr- uh, through there, um, Nixon. Yeah, and I can imagine some of the, the things that they would have said about you or to you, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm just wondering, uh, just for the men who are watching this as well, mm. just uh, like because there's some some I, I can imagine you go through some hard times and some hardship, and then that time, and that present time in terms of what happened, yeah. what was going through your mind, what was happening for you mentally. Um, again, I got really tough skin, but I, I think again, you know, that's the worst place you want to be is in self doubt, mm-hmm. you know, because even though I had committed and I knew what I wanted to do and, and again, my intentions were right, that self doubt creeps in. It's like, oh, shucks, have I made the right decision? Or like, damn, should I, should have stayed there? Or, you know, or like, damn, have I really screwed up now? Um, what happens if nobody follows me over and I can't help the edge and I get gassed, you know, and I don't know if you guys know, but you know, radio is pretty cutthroat. Um, if you don't rate, you get cut and wow. it's pretty quick too. So, um, so yeah, I think self-doubt and, and I think, you know, for people that aren't as emotionally strong or I think one thing for me is that when I started in radio, I was a little bit like standoffish. Like I just did the bare basics because I didn't want to muck up. You didn't really know too much about me. You didn't, you know, like it was very basic, basic black and white. But then I think, again, when I got to 28 years old, I realized that um, the best way to be is just be myself. And I think you, the people that listened to my from when I was 28 onwards started to experience a little bit more depth to me. So I started mm. to share more. I started to, you know, introduce you to my wife. You know, you, people met Sarah for the first time via the radio. I think I proposed on the radio or like I used that to acknowledge that, you know, I'd proposed to my wife and, 
milestones started to happen on the radio. So I think people were along on the journey and it built a bit more resilience mm. for me. So then you could chuck shade at me, but you knew I could take it because I was cheeky and like was, you know, I, I knew that I could just brush it off and I was protected by like Nate and whoever my other co-hosts were. But when when you send a message or you get a message to someone who isn't emotionally tough, mm. again, you don't know how it's going to be received. Yeah. And that, that pushes our people potentially down the wrong like we're overrepresented in in like suicide rates we're overrepresented mm. in like depression but we don't acknowledge that because for a lot of us who grew up you know from our elders man depression is just attention seeking <laughs> yeah. so you know like you you, you got to be careful and mm. man the, the the last thing i want to see is our own people bring our own people down yeah you know we're supposed to like lift each other up man we're the superior ones like let's let's back each other you know like um and so that's why i always I'm always aware as well. Even when someone's calling the radio show, you don't know what their life is like, you know? So mm. if you're chucking shade, it, you don't know how that's going to be yeah. received, what happens when we, when we hang up the phone. So I think, again, you know, just be aware. And our, our, our mentality is, is we're going to always laugh with you, not at you. Mm. And I think if you keep that momentum, if you're going to mock somebody, make sure you're laughing with them, not at them, at their expense. And again, it's you never you know your own emotional stability but you don't know somebody else's so i think um if we all just remember that yeah might make the world a better place yeah but, but why is that um even with you jay um nixon why is it why is it um I, you know why is it that our own people kind of kind of throw shade at us sometimes and it can be some of the most nastiest things or they say some real nasty things why why do you think that um, sometimes we as a as a people as a group or ethnic group do do that to each other what's what's up with that man yeah i, I think for like you know our, our culture like prides itself on our jokes are like mocking <laughs> you know and and i think again like that's all right in your own circle but again you don't know <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you know and and i think it's even subtle things you know like um you know when you catch up with your auntie and your auntie says oh you put on weight yeah, you know like yeah, those yeah, sort of yeah, things yeah, and yeah. she's laughing at yeah, it yeah, but exactly. you're like shucks i really have put on weight but <laughs> you know and hence why i told you no snacks tonight but yeah, no, I, I think, um, I, I just think that we all think that it's funny, but we don't realize the impact. Yeah. You know, I think there's a line of it being funny and then all of a sudden, oh, shucks, that actually hurt somebody's feelings. And I don't think we're all on the same level, again, with that emotional stability. Um, yeah, so I think the more people in this generation that can change that, and again, remember to laugh with somebody, not at somebody. Yeah. It might make it a little bit easier moving forward. Mm. Cool, yeah, man. that's so good. Mm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, just you mentioning um, the jokes, you know, with your friends or your, um, you know, your family. Yeah, um, it's, it's brutal. They're brutal, <laughs> way. They're brutal. Which I, I think probably makes <laughs> us tough. But again, like you try and run those jokes with your. Like European workmates, man, they're not, they, they, bro, you're going to go to HR straight away. Yeah. Hey? You're going to get reported straight away. So again, like, I think it's just being aware. I just, I think, yeah, that's the big one. And I, I, I had to learn that too, man. Cause you know, some of the jokes I'd crack at work are so inappropriate. Like I'm surprised I haven't been canceled, but you know, um, I think again, when you, when you're aware of the people that you're around and the environment that you're in and the environment that, that your workplace wants to create or that, you know, with it, even within your group, like what what little ecosystem do you want to be in? Like, do you want to be around like haters? Do you want to be mm. around supportive people? It's about who you surround yourself mm. with. Um, and you don't want to go to work being surrounded by toxic people because you're going to bring that toxic, 
wait, toxicity, toxicity home. Mm. And, you know, and then that's going to affect your family life too. So it's very important to surround yourself. That's why I moved so far away. Yeah. I moved so far away. It took me an hour to drive here. Whoa, but, um, and it's again, just because like, you know, you've got to get away sometimes. You've got to get away. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent, but it's funny how, even if you move yourself away and, and put yourself with the right people, just by fact of being someone ties you mm. to a yeah. community that, that may be different. Mm. Um, and so they hold you to a standard that they believe is the right standard or the right way of doing things. True, even yeah. if you live a completely different lifestyle and, you know, mm. and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's quite, mm. quite complicated. It, it quite is. Complex, eh? yeah. And, and the thing is, is that you don't really even understand that unless you're a Pacific Islander, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. So, and again, that's probably for the same with Tongans, Nguyen's, Cook Islanders, you know, but obviously I can only speak on behalf of Samoans, but it is complex, man. Mm. And there's a lot of other cultures that don't understand it sometimes and don't get it, you know? So, um, yeah. So we do have it tough, but I know that um, we're strong enough people to push through. Mm. Push through. I, I feel like it's such a battle to um, like just thinking about that sort of village or that collective mentality and um, you know we mentioned earlier about humility and how um, you know sometimes we feel but but off claiming our success even if we've earned that success we feel a bit yeah. off claiming it and so seeing someone else claim a success it, it almost at least from my perspective in the past it almost comes off as they're putting their self ahead of everyone else we're all working hard but why do they get the success yeah. and even though that's not the reality of it um yeah i know that some people do think that way so um, yeah i yeah, just wanted to add that in no mm. and i think too as well is when you um you know like obviously like i'm on a, such a smaller scale to the these two people that i'm going to use as an example but you remember when sunny bill like mm. left the bulldogs and then all of a sudden he started playing rugby union and <sighs> then everyone was hating on him and it's like this dude is doing something that no one, not a normal person can't do this. Like this yeah. guy is talented. Trailblazing. And then people just started hating on him and saying he's only chasing the money. But if you put yourself in that situation and, you know, now that I've read his book, he wasn't actually chasing the money. But even if he was, he was doing it to support his family. And mm. if you put yourself in that situation as well, if some other job offered you more money, you're going to go there. Mm. And I think that, you know, you see people like that trailblazer for our people saying, yeah, we can do that. We're striving for better. We're ambitious. You see Adi Savia now, he's breaking the mold for the All Blacks. Yeah, this guy yeah, speaks his truth, yeah. mm. you know? And I think as well, you know, like you wouldn't expect a Samoan, a proud Samoan man to be saying, man, men's mental health is important. You've got to yeah. say, you've got to respect yourself, respect your brothers, respect your sisters. And you've got like someone like Adi Savia doing that, breaking the mold. The more of us that are doing that, I think the better we're going to be. And um, like people always say, oh, these guys need to shush. These guys, no, this is this is the yeah. time. They've got a platform. And we've always said, use your platform to be role models. Mm. They are actually doing that now. And I think it's just the older generation. They'll learn. They'll learn. But it's up to us, you know, younger guys to, um, and I'm going to class myself as a younger guy, <laughs> to, um, to to keep pushing those that momentum to um, encourage a better, better life for the next generation and the generations after that. Oh, so cool, Nixon. Because it is exciting, Nixon, because there's probably a lot of people watching this, a lot of men who may be watching this and think, man, ah, it's, it's about loyalty. You know, you talked about Sadie Bill Williams, mm. you know, like, oh, no, nah, he's chasing the money, all that kind of stuff. And then you think, oh, no, nah, other guys who you know, play for Samoa or, or Tonga. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, they got to the Kiwis or they're playing for Australia now. And so, and you're right, you're absolutely right in terms of that. I understand the, the, the backdrop and what's happening in, in the lives of those individuals. And so a lot of people will be saying, nah, you know, that sounds good and all that. 
and you're breaking the mold and so forth. But you know, it's, it seems like for our people, or even for some of our men, it's like nah, loyalty, man, loyalty, family over everything, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What is you know? So how? Because some people say, how do you break that? How do you break that mold and say, you know what? I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care. But and I think that comes down to like ambition again. It's like mm. remember, like you know, as much as you love your mum and dad, as much as you love your family, it's like what's the best for you and your mental health as well. And I think you know, I think the biggest success for my mum and dad, for like to 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 show that they brought up a, a a good son, was the fact that I can support myself. I got married. I can support my wife. You know, and I think that like they, as much as like they wanted me to be loyal, and my mom was really upset when I left my FM. She could see ambition and loyalty doesn't always keep the power on. Loyalty is mm, not going to put food on the nice. table. You know, loyalty is not going to um, get you to the stage where you are going to feel content with your life and very happy and your mental health is going to be right. Loyalty can push you further and further back if you're not getting that fulfillment um, in your life. And if you're doing it again to please other people, you're never going to feel content in yourself. Mm. And, and I think that our people need to remember that too. You're not, you're not turning your back on your parents. You're not turning mm. your back on your family legacy. You're starting that family legacy and, give, and you're evolving it. And that's what I think people need to remember is that you got to look after your cup first, fill your cup so then you can fill other people's, wow. you know, and then the more, the, the more full your cup is, the more you can give to everybody else that's around you that wow. needs that support wow. too. And I think that's what people like Sunny Bill have done, you know, Adi Zavia have done. They filled their cup and then they're like, now we're going to spread the word. We've got mm. our platform now. We're going to do our thing. So loyalty is all good. But like I said before, sometimes loyalty doesn't keep the power on. Oh, wow. You know? So yeah. true. And I can imagine because a lot of people, oh, I'm just thinking that some of the men may be watching this and think, hey, those, those are raw, awesome words, Nixon, and in terms of breaking the mold and all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's perfect timing because I think a lot of us now are trying to break that mold, Nixon. Mm. Uh, and you are, and let's be honest, you are tra trailblazing in terms of the edge. There's never been a, you know, another Samoan who's just kind of got in there and, and know what you're doing. And I think it's so cool that you're able to do that. And for some of our men who maybe like in terms of mental health or, or health, well-being and so forth, there's, 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 there's always that barrier that I can't push through. And you, like you said before, well, maybe I'm not good enough for this. And I think this is perfect timing in terms of, hey, you know what? If Nixon is saying this, other men have say, uh, are talking about this, then maybe uh, there's, there's, a, there's an opportunity or there's an avenue for me to break that mold and say, you know what? This is what I want. Um, I'm not following any, anyone else's dream, but I'm just going to continue to pursue and to fill my cup. And so, man, kudos yeah. to you. So, man, that's, that's some powerful, um, oh, thanks, powerful it, message. It hasn't been an easy ride, but again, it's um, if that's your calling, then you've got to hustle hard. Like, you know, it wasn't an overnight success story. Um, I'm still, I'm still, um, you know, fighting some like demons of like, you know, whether I'm worthy or not, but I feel like I'm on the right path and, and I feel like everybody should be following their dream, following their journey. Um, because you're gonna, you're gonna be lying down one day and it'll be your last breath and you want to be able to make sure that you can confidently say, I tried my hardest. I did my best. I lived my life the best way that I could. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And you've talked about some ambitions, 2030, what being one of them. Auckland Mayor. Where did that the dream mayor. come from? And, and what else lies in terms of uh, future ambitions that you want to pursue? Um, I wanted to become Auckland Mayor. Do you want the honest truth on how it started? Honest yeah, truth. Yeah, tell Let's us. Go. My mum was angry that she had to pay for a rubbish bag. And I was like, what do you want me to do about it? And she was like, you need to go and talk. Do you know anybody in council? You work on radio. You know how all Samoan mums think because you work on radio, you know everybody. And I was like, I, I sat there one day and I was like, okay, mum, if I become Auckland Mayor, I'll, I'll make sure you get a rubbish bin. And then we just joked about it forever. And then um, 
And then my wife was like, make sure your intentions are right. Don't do it for clout. Make sure you actually want to help people. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, maybe some of these ideas like might actually work. Um, but again, I wanted to make sure that again, my intentions are right going in for that job. You know, too many people have had that job before and they haven't done mm. anything. So, um, you know, <laughs> like, like who, like who? <laughs> yeah. If you're listening, you know who you are. You know who you are. We all do. Yeah. We all do. <laughs> and, 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 and again, like there's nobody that loves the city much as I do. Like I love Auckland and, um, you know, I want to help people and I want to make sure that everybody has a, a chance to succeed in the city, the city that, you know, has made it harder to buy a house. It's harder to drive around. Mm. The petrol's too expensive. You know, it's a hard city to live in. And I kind of want to um, be able to put some things in place that can help that. So, yeah, so that, 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 that's a goal for me, 2030. Um, so I'm going to work on that. I got a couple of years at, at the edge and we'll see how long that goes. They could renew it after that. Um, I, we, I own a cafe with my wife and my parents. So we're working on that as well. And yeah, at the moment, I think um, I'm just trying to focus on, you know, again, living my best life and, and um, having those ambitions again. So I think the big ambition for me is, is Auckland Mayor. Ooh, um, man, that'd be awesome. That, that's probably the big one. That's yeah. the big one. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts on the candidates um, for this year? Have you, have you yeah, have had a bit of a look in the yeah. I the so many people chuck shade at Leo Malloy, like and but um, you, the, what the, what's the saddest part for me is that like this guy, people only see the TikToks, people only see you know the the news articles, but man, like the the amount of um, like the unsung stuff that he's done mm. that uh, for our people specifically, wow. you know, like um. You know, I don't want to out his business if he if he hasn't said it, but I know firsthand that he has put a lot of money into providing food packages for people over COVID, wow, yeah, making yeah, sure that yeah. you know our families can stay fed and 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 supported. So a lot of money has been donated from him. Um, I see him supporting people like um, Dave Latelle, the brown yes. butterbean, oh, yeah. butter yeah. you know, and he's been in his corner and helping helping Dave out as well. So again, like as much as people think that this guy's radical and out the gate, like he's actually done some amazing things. I don't know too much about Viv, um, who's also one of the other candidates. Mm -hmm. And I feel sorry for um, Official Collins because, I mean, they're the three probably, yeah, yeah. you know, the main, uh, front runners. I feel sorry for him because Aucklanders hate Labour at the moment because of what they did <laughs> during the lockdowns, you know? So they got a bit of Labour fatigue. Mm. And because Phil Goff was quite tight with Labour too, and nothing's really been done. Yeah. Like, how did our people get poorer under Labour? That blows my mind. <laughs> anyway, not a political joke. <laughs> and again, like, I don't want to, like, like, yeah, man. Like, I, 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 um, I change my vote every time. But I, I think that the only reason that guy won't get it is because Auckland is a Labour fatigue. Yeah, wow. Like, Labour hasn't done anything really for Auckland. Other, the most important thing people have forgotten is that they save lives. And we don't have the fatality rates that, you know, the rest of the world have had. So we, you have to respect that. But a lot of people have felt it in their pocket. They felt it with their mental health. Mm. They felt it with, you know, families and job yeah. losses and all that sort of stuff. Like, so I think um, Aucklanders have probably had enough. So as much as that guy might be real good at the job, yeah, yeah. I think that might affect him a little bit. What, what do you think about the, uh, the Pacific um, numbers and the people might think, oh, maybe, maybe. Do you think there's a chance of our, our Pacific people to say, hey, let's put them in? Yeah, yeah, well, I hope so. You know, and I, again, we need to break those molds, man. People think brown people don't vote. They do, like, and we need to vote. And I think that, you know, I think I think it's getting better. I think it's getting better. And you got to give kudos to Jacinda to, to and She really got down with the people. Man, she was calling us every week to wanting to be on the show and have a chat. And wow. again, she uh, again, if it was just for votes, at least she was present, you mm. know, during that time when we needed her the most. So, 
I don't know where she was during COVID, but <laughs> but like when we needed her and she would always pick up the phone. If I called her, she would always pick up, you wow. know, and, I'm, I, I, and I do, I will give her kudos for that. But yeah, I hope, man, like just vote. Like you don't lose anything. You don't gain anything. Like, oh mm. no, you don't lose anything, but we can gain a whole lot if we vote. And, um, and you know what? I know that you guys vote too, because Dave Latelli on Dancing with the Stars was at the bottom of the leaderboard, but your votes kept him in the in the competition. Oh wow! So you guys can vote. I know you can. So that now check the vote to things that are important that can help our help our city and help our country. Wow, man, that's so cool. It seems like you're kind of well versed on in terms of politics. Um, yeah, it's a, that's like a, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the funny thing too is like the stuff that I'm actually interested in never fit my FM. Like I love my lawns. And I love politics. I love talk back radio as well. I don't like hip hop music. I no, hate, hate hip hop music. Don't say that, Nixon. I, have, I love R&B. Like I'm the yeah, slow jam yeah, king. Yeah, yeah. Like I was driving here listening to Jodeci, you know, like, so like I, but it, it always like made me feel so irrelevant when I had to play a hip hop song and pretending that I liked it. <laughs> and so, and I did that for over a decade, man. So yeah, but the things that I'm actually interested, like I love politics. I love my lawns. You know, I'm a bit of a geek like that, you know. And Oh, man. Because yeah. it would be interesting, um, Nixon, let's say 2030, what, what what would be some of the changes you would um, implement? In, oh. in the <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Give us a bit of a... T- uh, Obviously not the same. Yeah, yeah. So what, 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 yeah, give yeah. us a little bit, okay, a bit of a uh, teaser. Some of them are very controversial. Some of them are very controversial. Um, oh, we love controversy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like... Oh, man. I'm trying to gain votes here, <laughs> but I, and I know this, this, this hits quite heavy, but I know at the same time, if you really think about it, it actually makes sense. Mm. My big, two of my big things is housing. Everybody yeah. deserves to have a home, right? And, and that's cool. what Auckland's struggling cool. with the most. My thing is though, is that when you think of um, the new subdivisions that are built, they build all these subdivisions but no one wants to move out there because it's too far away mm. because they haven't done the road first. Mm. If I was mayor, let's build the infrastructure, get the buses and the trains working first and then build the housing. So then people feel like it's not far away oh. when there's public A transport that stream. works. Yeah. I'm not getting stuck in traffic and the roads are right. But we're building these new subdivisions with like four or 5,000 homes and there's one way in, one way out. Wow. And then no one wants to move there because it's like traffic. Look at Takanini. It took like 20 years to do the off-ramp, you know? But wow. they built all these new houses out there before they built the yes, off-ramp. Yes, yes, And so that's my big thing. And the, the other big thing that is quite controversial, but it's good. If I get to say it now, at least you can sit on it and then think about it between now and 2030. Yeah. I want to sell the Auckland ports. That's Seriously? my book. Yeah, I want to sell it to Tauranga and Whangarei. We don't need a port system here. We don't need cars coming into Auckland, you know, from Japan and wherever. Um, I liked it. At the moment, the Auckland... <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm on a roll now. <laughs> no, it's good, yeah, man. Yeah, good, keep it coming, good. man. It's good. At the moment, um, Nazi Fatua own the land, right, for Auckland ports. And, and um, the ports of Auckland lease it off Nazi Fatua, so they pay, like, rent for it. But the thing is, is that at the moment, Nazi Fatua really... Uh, it, it costs about $1,000 a square meter if you work out the land of how much it's getting divvied out for. So it's really mm. not making that much money, right? So I would knock it down, move the ports of Auckland to Whangarei and Tauranga, and I would put um, townhouses and apartments on it to create more housing, mm. which then increases the price 
of that square meter section to $10,000. So instead of $1,000, you get $10,000 a square meter, which goes back into our system to build proper housing, which is right by public transport. It's right in the city center. It's right where jobs are. And again, it gives more homes in Auckland and places that actually have the infrastructure there. We've built a mean train station. We've got a mean bus. No one uses it because there's no reason to go into town. But if you put housing there, again, that solves that problem. And you're putting it in a nice area and you're putting it where it's close to everything. Wow. So, mm. but again, oh. sit on that. I know, and apologies to any port workers, because <laughs> I understand that jobs will be lost. But again, I think the biggest thing for us is is, is housing and making sure people have a roof over their head. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to walk down Queen Street and see people that are homeless. That breaks my heart. Um, I don't want to see families struggling. Like I don't want to see like families with like you know four or five kids plus, you know, um, sharing a two bedroom house. I don't want to see that. But then having to pay a million dollars for a two bedroom house. Oh. Like no one deserves that. I don't want people sleeping in the garage and getting sick, mm. you know. So wow. I want to, I want to, I want to try and do some stuff that um that can I don't know change people's lives and wow yeah. And, and you're serious about this, eh? Because you like in terms of twenty thirty mayor. Yeah, no, just, I, I I am, but again, like I think the biggest hater is my wife. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? Tell us. What, what, what do you mean? What, what did she say to you? No, because it started as a joke. I think she can't shake the fact that it's a joke. Uh, um, I think, um, and again, because I mean, if you listen to me on radio, I'm a pretty fun guy. Like I, I say some pretty out the gate things, but I think that with this one here, she just wants to make sure that um, if I'm representing our family and I'm trying to do something, I've got to be all in. Yeah. I've got to make sure that I come with purpose. I don't want to be just another guy with you know, false hopes and dreams and not f- fulfill them. So again, she's, she always challenges me to make sure that my intentions are right. Mm. What am I doing it for? Am I doing it to actually help or That's am I cool. doing it for the paycheck? Mm. Um, cool. And am I doing it for the chauffeured car? I'm not, because I'd rather drive my own car. But again, intentions, making sure my intentions are right. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And how awesome is it to have someone in your corner like that, they can call it, you know, oh, straight man. down the line to keep you honest. Man, you think Samoan mums are there to keep you humble? Man, my wife keeps me humble. But I think this is the best part because like opposites attract. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and nah, she's been, she's she's taught me a lot, um, a lot about myself and, and about, um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of empathy growing up. Um, yeah, I didn't, like I found it hard to, um, to feel someone else's sadness or feel someone else's emotions. I, I would, I don't know, like I kind of, like I went away for boarding school for a bit. So I kind of learned how to grow up by myself and I really didn't have that much like, um, I didn't I didn't have a hard upbringing, you know, so I, I found it hard to relate to people's issues. You know, people would come in at work sometimes and be really upset because they broke up with their boyfriend. And even though that was so important to them, I couldn't feel that mm. yeah. and I couldn't sympathize with it. and. And so I lacked empathy, but um, once I met Sarah, like yeah, that all changed. Like I understood more. I started to realize what real mental health was and how important it was. Like there were so many times where I'd probably just shake it off. Like oh, I'm just having a bad day, but then she made me do the like self reflection stuff, and I was like, man, shucks, actually, I'm I'm not that happy, or mm. you know, really understanding your emotions. And and again, that comes back to the, what I was saying before. It's so important to surround yourself with people that have got you, like that have got mm. your back. And I've got that with my type five. I've got that with my mum and dad. And now I'm very, very blessed to have that with my wife too that can just keep me centred and mm. making sure that my mind's in the right place. And and I help her, she helps me. She probably helps me a little bit more than I help her. But, you know, it's, it's a really good, really good 
chemistry that that we have together. And that's why I put a ring on it so fast. <laughs> put a ring on it so fast. So you do straight away. Yeah, you do straight away. Straight away. I was like, I'm not going to do any better than this. <laughs> I'm definitely punching. So um, yeah, I locked it in. Locked it in. I heard there was a funny story about um, you initially wanting to propose in Samoa. How did you know that story? <laughs> uh, I just. Oh, he knows your cousin. He knows. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah. No, I um. This is real, man. This is how I know my boys are my real boys, because um. This would have ended friendships, but uh, I had I got a ring and I knew that I wanted to propose and I said I want to do it in Samoa, like um I with Sarah and I had been there before and she loves like Lalumanu Beach, mm. and um and she wanted to go back there so I said to the boys and and all my boys were in my line too so I said hey like let's all go Samoa and I'm gonna I'm gonna propose, and then we were there for like two days and then my mate said he was like when are you gonna do it, I said no I'll I'll do it soon I'll do it soon I'll do it soon. And then my mate Albie came up to me and was like, are you going to do it? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then five days went past and I still didn't do it. And then um, I think on the fifth day, we were just about to go home and jump back on a plane. And they're like, do it now, do it now. And I was like, nah, I'll do it back in New Zealand. <laughs> and I didn't do it. And I, it took me three months after that trip to Samoa. Why, why Nixon? What, I don't what know. Happened? What happened? I don't know. I just think that, again, I wanted to make sure my intentions were right. Yeah. I wanted to, and cool, this cool, was, man. I just was like, and I didn't ask her dad. I didn't ask her dad. And so something wasn't right. And I was like, okay. So then, yeah, three months after that, then I proposed and, and wow. then I did it that way. But yeah, yeah. Like any normal people, your friends would have gone, screw you. We just paid like thousands of dollars to get here whoa, <laughs> to be a part of this. I was like, man, you got a holiday, relax. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, nah, but they, they all stuck by me. And then when I finally did it, it was a very special moment. Wow, so, yeah. Awesome, awesome. yeah. Did, did she have a, did she have a bit of an inkling that you were going to propose or did she just. Yeah, oblivious? I think she did. Cause we had talked about it before. Um, but I, I, when she found, when she found out that I was supposed to do it in Samoa, like she was like, she was angry, but she was laughing at the same time. <laughs> but I was like, I just wanted to make sure it was right. And I think she respected the fact that I wanted to do it traditionally. And, you know, yeah. like her dad is really traditional and mum as well like they're, they're amazing people and i wanted to do it right i wanted to do it right so yeah and man i think the wedding day for me was probably the best day of my life so nice. it was all worth it and it all worked and i mean we've been married nearly 10 years now so yeah, yeah. so i felt like i did all right yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that's beautiful. she hasn't even wanted to leave yet so <laughs> pretty good all yeah. as well all as well all as well and yeah. i was gonna ask about um so in terms of marriage like how is it being Nixon, the public figure that we know, and then being at home with your wife? Do you find it's 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 sort of different? You know, you're sort of um, bringing out different parts of your personality for work compared to. Yeah, yeah. So, I I I am, I am a little bit different. So, you probably can't tell, but I um I'm very introverted. Like, so I don't really go out in public a lot because. It's not that like, I'm a little bit shy um, as well because people that listen to you every morning, they remember everything you've said. <laughs> Where if you ask me what I talked about on the show this morning, I can't remember. So like I get lost in a conversation yeah. and then it starts to like drain my energy a bit. And, and I think that again, a lot of people misunderstand me because they think I'm a snob or they think I'm rude or they think I'm up myself, but it's actually, but I'm just quite shy and I just mm, don't really, wow. I don't really, um, I don't remember a lot. But when I'm at home, I'm very quiet. And once I'm home, I'm home. Like I, you know, I 
chill out. Like I outside mowing my lawns, I'm cleaning the house or doing whatever. So Sarah gets a real, very, not, I wouldn't say guarded, but she gets a real like relaxed me. Mm. And then when I'm on radio, I'm still me, but I add GST to it. So yeah. I'm like me plus 15%. So wow. um, yeah, she gets a way more relaxed version. And sometimes she'll be like, I don't want Nixon from the radio. I want Nixon, the home yeah, Nixon. Yeah. And she'll question me on that sometimes. Sometimes if I'm like coming home from work and like my adrenaline's still going, she'll be like, no, leave that Nixon <laughs> at the door. Like I want home Nixon. So she she challenges me on that as well. But I'm very, I'm very like um a private person. Uh, like no one at work knows where I live. Bro, like wow. I'm very private like that. And a lot like it be- it becomes a running joke now. It becomes a running joke. <laughs> um, I don't really go to the mall a lot. It's just yeah, I just get a little bit shy. Um, that's all. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Nixon. It's weird because that's when crazy. people go, can I get a photo? That weirds me out so much <laughs> because I'm like, cool, I'll get a photo of you and thank you for listening. Like, I appreciate it, man. Like, that's an honor. Like, I'm very humbled by that. But what I always, what always goes through my mind is when you show that photo to someone else, what's the other person's reaction? Would they be like, who is that? Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's very, like, it's humbling, but at the same time, I'm, um, yeah, I'm just a little bit confused because at the same time, like people that work in radio, man, we're just, we're honestly, we're just glorified telephone operators, you know, that, that just try and make you laugh. Um, and so it, again, it's very, very humbling. Um, and especially like when kids come up and they want to have a chat too, and then mm. their parents come up and they say that they, the kids listen to you on the way to, to school and that sort of stuff. So that's, 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 that's awesome. The only people that I reckon are the worst um, are the people that work at Kmart. They, <laughs> they're, why, why, why? they're so angry. Why? What did they do? But they call me out for everything. Like I'll oh. walk around with my hoodie on and they'll call me out and be like, he was a snob. He didn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I'm just in Kmart trying to buy a USB cord, man. Come on. Like, yeah. Um, but other than that, like people are lovely. Um, you, the, especially the people, more so the people that you meet in real life. They're the best ones. Mm. My wife still doesn't really like get involved in it a lot. Mm. So I think that's the, the radio Nixon versus the home Nixon is that um, it kind of rattles her a little bit. Um, sometimes people will be like, like they'll just chuck Sarah the phone saying, can you take a photo? And a number of times Sarah's oh, just, oh, number yeah, of times yeah. Sarah's just dropped someone's phone in Sylvia Parkmore <laughs> and just dropped it on the ground. Yeah, she's sassy like that, but I love that kind of energy. <laughs> but yeah, she 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 likes the home Nixon rather than the, the radio Nixon. And she keeps me humble too. She doesn't listen to the show. Wow. I don't think she's listened since 2018. So 20, oh, maybe 2017. Um, again, cause she kind of, she kind of knows. She kind of knows. But again, that keeps me humble. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you would never think that, eh, MJ? Oh. You're like, nah, Alex yeah. is out there. He likes to talk. He's out there. He's just... Yeah. No, uh, I love to talk. And I think like it's one of those things that if I'm comfortable and and again, if I have purpose to talk yeah. as well. And I mean, when you've got to talk for four hours every day, nonstop, and you've only got one song to take a breath and then you've got to come back on and then talk again. Like by the time it gets to like midday, like... Man, I've used every single word in the English alphabet <laughs> by that point. So I kind of just chill out and, wow. yeah, and then go and have some alone time. Do you have to like put on a persona sometimes, um, Nixon, on, on the radio station? or? Um, is there, like- I, I did. I did for a long time until I got to like 28. And that's when I really started to go, nah, I just want to be me now. Wow. Like mm. I'm just going to talk the way that I talk. Like, you know, a lot of people now, like I, I honestly believe that my FM started this. We just, the way we talk on the radio is exactly how we talk in real life. We're not trying to put on a radio voice. Like this is wow. exactly how I talk in real life. But 
I was trying to be like an American DJ when I first started. You know, everything was so slick yeah. and, you know, have that little twang going on. And then <laughs> I thought that that was right. And then that persona kind of stopped when I was, yeah, when I got to 28 and me and Nate were just like, we're just going to do us. And then when I left my FM, um, the Edge bosses were like, we bought Nixon from my FM. So we want that Nixon from my oh. FM. So I could be the exact mm. same person. Like we're paying for that Nixon. So can you bring that over here? So again, they're just letting me be me. Like I can oh. be cheeky. I can say what I want to say. Um, and I can just you know represent for who I am. And th- like the honest, what you hear on the radio is honestly, I choose not to um, read through. So we get like a whole bunch of sheets in the morning. And I, I, when I wake up in the morning, I go to the gym first thing in the morning and then I um, read my sheets while I'm at the gym and I just go through them, but I don't read the layered part. So I know the topic, but I don't know the detail. So like if Meg or Eli have brought something in, I know the topic, but I don't know the example or Mm. I don't know the, the supporting information. So then when you're hearing it for the first time, so am I. So the reaction that, like, that I'm giving actual, actual is a real, real yeah. and I used to do that on my too so like you know Ryan producer Ryan who helped out for ages like he would do the same he would only send me sheets that didn't have that information in it and then when Matua Mark took over he was the same and so they knew kind of how I worked and so I'd rather that rather than you getting like this acting because yeah, I'm yeah. a terrible actor yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible actor so I wanted it to sound natural of like if you're listening in your car when you're hearing it for the first time so am I and then hopefully the reaction you're giving in your car is the one that I'm representing mm. on the radio. And um, yeah, so that that's how that's always oh, worked. Wow. Yeah. But there's a lot of reading, a lot of reading. Yeah, so I go through like 12 sheets a, a day, Damn, 12 wow. sheets that have just got, and that's without the supporting wow. info. So there's a lot going on, a lot going on. Because how, how, go- how was it going for you now in terms of um, the edge? What's the, what's the feel for you now in terms of, because people might be wondering, oh, yeah. what's the, what's his honest opinion in terms of how's he doing it over there? Are you, are you really like thoroughly enjoying it? And yeah. Is, how's the how's the ratings and all that kind of stuff? Was that like so? We had our ratings today, and yeah, yeah. yeah we 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 gained um we gained sixty six thousand new listeners. Wow. So I'm pretty happy with wow. that. Yeah. Um. So at least you know um they're getting their money's worth. Um, <laughs> but um. Yeah, Peroys. Oh man. <laughs> um. I wish. Also, if you if you actually want to get into radio. No, actually, no, no, I'll rephrase that. If you actually want to be rich, radio is not your career. Like, you got to be a journeyman to, oh. to to get the big money. Like, yeah, it's you probably got a better chance going to work at Spark Call Center to make more money. But <laughs> the, the I actually really love it. Like, I really do love it. It was something that I needed. It makes me feel fresh. It's, I was excited again. It's like, you know, when you move to a new school, mm. that's what it's like. You're making new friends. Yeah, you're yeah, starting yeah, again. Yeah. And... Like I had that same feeling when I started at my for the first time is that you're creating something, you know, like a legacy. And I wanted to try and recreate that and do it for a different kind of audience on the edge. But I don't, you know what, like as much as people probably think that I hate it, like I don't mind playing Ed Sheeran. I don't mind playing Dua Lipa and Adele. Like it's all good. Like I, it's a good, it's good for my brain. I can stay like awake and alert. But I think all of when the first level four lockdown kicked in, um, in Auckland or in Aotearoa, I went into cruise control. Like I just mm. like, and at my FM, I was just like, I know this like the back of my hand. Like I can mm. just turn, I don't even need the sheets. I can just do that. I know where everything's coming up. I know. And 
I feel like that was a bit of a disservice to me and the listeners. Like I was just cruising. Like I think in the last month or two, if you go back and listen to those shows, I really didn't bring any content. Like I wasn't talking about anything. I was letting Tegan and Jordan run the whole thing because I was just like, mm. yeah. yeah. And I think when, and that's when I started to get that feeling that, you know, maybe I need to do something else. And now that I get to, you know, be me and, and play new songs and have that fresh new take and, and, and talk to a whole new audience. Like my film doesn't go into places like Topo. It's come out of Christchurch mm. now. So it's Christchurch, Dunedin, Blenheim, you know, Nelson, all those places. Like my film isn't there. And so I'm talking to people that I've never talked to before that don't know about Nixon. They don't know about my FM for the very first time being on the edge. Wow. So wow. Um, the, the scale of having wow. a Samoan voice in the area every morning is so cool, man. is pretty cool. So yeah. cool. So how, how's the love? Are they, are they kind of giving you some feedback in terms of love and sending through messages, um, Nixon? Yeah, a few, few my FM listeners have come over and, Whoa, and they, they, cool. they come on and say more dinner every morning. So <laughs> yeah, kia ora to that. Um, yeah, no, I, the, the bosses have been so good. Like I've got a really good support system around me to make sure that, um, that I feel comfortable there. And again, like I, yeah, it, I think I said before the podcast started, it's nice to be kind of like loved and wanted yeah, a little bit and yeah. and knowing that I've worked so hard at Maya to get like that love doubled down and have all these people around me that can support me and help me out to make this journey at the edge work. Um, it's pretty cool and pretty humbling. So yeah, wow. I'm getting a lot of love on That's that. So cool. So awesome. Man, I was going to ask about the, um, sort of this, you touched on it slightly in terms of the support system at, mm. at, um, at the edge, mm. um, you know, you mentioned people like producer Ryan and DJ Severe, and so there's some of those contextual people that um, help shape who you are. Yeah. Um, in terms of the support systems at the edge, um, has is the work the work culture itself a bit different? Like we've talked about yeah. the different people in that, but in terms of some of the systems that they have in place and the way they run their ship, yeah, um, yeah. Well, what's that sort of been? My FM. Um they're both very, very different. Like they're trying to achieve the same thing, but very, very different. Like my punch is way above its weight. Like they have five people in the office. Like when you think about how big my is, especially in Auckland, like there's five people behind the scenes that are like pushing that, not including the announcers and the producers. So like they have to achieve a lot, but they really only have to focus on Auckland. Mm. Like, um, because that's where, you know, that's the origin of it where um, the edge is responsible for the whole country, you know, that we, you're in every single place in the country. So the, the workload, the promos, like, you know, like I used to have to get people excited about a $5 KFC voucher at my FM. <laughs> the edge people are working on giving away $100,000 to somebody, you know? Oh, so like the scale man. of things is so different. Um, but again, they can do that because it's nationwide, mm. yeah. you know, they can do all that sort of stuff. So that, I mean, my work's so much harder than they need to like the people there are working so hard, but the edge ha works so much harder, but they're trying to achieve things on a bigger scale. So that it's, it's all like in context, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. But um, yeah, both stations hustle super hard, super hard. There's just more, for the more regions you are in Aotearoa that, that your station is in, you get one extra person, if you know what I mean. So oh. yeah, yeah. So like I, would, I only used to have producer Ryan, um, and then we have our web guy, Nikora, who used to do all our videos for My Morning Crew, who still does. And then when Ryan left, Matua Mark came in. So we only had one executive producer, where at Edge I got like four, you know? So, but because we're in so many more markets, mm. we need that yes, support. Yeah. So um, so it is a little bit different, but it's in context, if you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Is there um, like you mentioned that my you are able to be yourself and and things were quite open, mm. um, because the edge is nationwide. Does that mean there's like sort of they're, they're a bit more strict in some things in terms of some of the humor um i know things like pc culture and cancel culture are, are huge now so yeah. does that get amplified at the edge nah man you know you're you're way you're gonna get canceled way quicker on my film than you will on um <laughs> yeah no because i really like there was I can get away with way more on the edge because like that's it, it literally lives by its name like we're uh, on the yeah, edge yeah, right yeah. um then i could, could at my so you know, there's a couple of things that that we created at my that i've taken over to to edge because i was still testing the waters but like on the edge i can say um they had sex right but on my fm we used to say they had adult cuddles <laughs> you know because you couldn't say the sex word you know right so um you can beep that out if that if that doesn't fit the foot of your podcast but you know and um so there was different things like that you know so like i can just say that but on mm. my i had to be a little bit more clever you know with um with the way that i phrase things because with my you got like the mum in the car with the kids going to school where with the edge you're more likely to have like I don't know, a young professional sitting in their car. Like you probably don't have the kids listening. Mm. You might do, but you might not. But with my, you know, if you can't say it in front of your mum, you can't say it. You know, so that, <laughs> that was the filter for my FM. And it still is. If you can't say it in front of your mum, you can't say it. Where Edge is like, nah, mum's not here. I can say what I want. <laughs> you know, so that's oh, kind of the difference. That's a cool way to put oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a crack up school. Um, just so we can go back a bit. Um, Nixon, because I know you talked about some of your friends and your type five mm. and being surrounded by some really good people. Has there ever been a time, even in the, um, the, the radio industry, where you have aligned yourself with some people and you knew and you found it later like, man, these are not the right people in my corner or mm. people who are not supportive of what you're doing? Has, has there ever been a time with that, regardless if it's just radio or uh, an example yeah. of, of what? Yeah, if, has there ever been a case like that? Yeah, um, I think when I first got into radio and um, the show started to get successful, we had quite a few people, you know, that like radio culture used to be real bad, like as in like there was a lot of alcohol around, people like to party hard, you know, work hard, play hard, that sort of stuff. But then, you know, when you get to that point where you're like, actually, this is not me, like mm. this is actually not me at all. And and again, that's one of the main reasons why I live so far away. I wanted to distance myself away from that. So I know that as soon as I leave that building, then that's done, that's done. I, I forget about radio until I have to go back the next morning. So I think, um, and that that's cleaned up a lot now, but I, I stay, I don't really drink a lot. Like I want to be happy most of the time, but there was a stage in my life and it was probably just before I met Sarah where I was probably... That was probably the moment, maybe those three to four years were probably the years in my life that I'm probably not the proudest of. So, you know, and I did things that I, you know, that I hope that my mom would never know about, you know, and I treated people a little bit bad and, you know, broke girls' hearts and all that sort of stuff. So, but just being an idiot. And I think that was because I bought into the hype. Mm. I bought into like, yeah, cool, I'm making money, I'm on the radio, whatever. And then when you get that reality check sometimes of, and that's not really you. Who are you? Um, that's when I had to change my ways and separate the people. And the, the, the funny thing is, is the people that I separated away from, man, they're not in radio anymore. 
Wow. You know, and I'm like, man, wow. shucks, I could have been in that boat if I, I went wow. down that path, you know, they got gassed. And again, that's not the culture that we're trying to create in radio. So I'm so happy that I was mature enough to figure that out by myself. Yeah. Um, and again, like, man, if I could take back those three to four years that where I was probably not my best self, I probably would. They always say, you know, you always learn from those kind of mistakes. But mm. like, in real honesty, like, I probably would take them back. Like, I probably wouldn't do that again. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some some of the lessons, some of the, the the nuggets in terms of, like you were saying, just finding out who you are and, and learning about who you are as, as an as a, uh, individual. And I know, like I say that, and I know that I probably make it sound a lot easier than it is, but it is actually really hard to find yourself mm. and what you are like. And and I think that that's a journey in itself. Like mm. I don't think you're just gonna one day just wake up and it's just gonna click. I think that it's a, it's it's a transition process of or like trial and error. It's like mm. man. I'll try this. Does it make me feel happy? Cool. No, it doesn't. Cool. Off to the next thing. And I think that that's okay. And I think that if you respect it for the journey that it is, then that's fine. As long as you know that you're you're trying to get to the right place. Yeah. 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 Good, man. Good advice. I think a lot of people, because um, I think we kind of talked about it just a little bit, Nixon, and I'm not too sure that, that many people know about this, but we talked about the you know, Nixon office on the radio uh, in one day, uh, future, uh, 2030 you're going to be the mayor of, of um, Tamaki Makoto yeah um, yeah yeah and, um, but, I, but you're kind of I, th- I think it's fair to say you're a bit of a bit of an um, entrepreneur uh, in terms of uh, business and, and even property and all that kind of stuff I don't think too many people know but that about you um, Nixon mm. so how, how did that come about it was really hard talking about it on my FM because I didn't want to sound like one of those guys um, <laughs> you know and, no, and it was actually re- that's why like I never really talked about the houses that we owned and, and all that sort of stuff mm. because I um, one of so so we never talked about that. There was a couple of rules um, when I was at MyFM with the team. Uh, we don't talk about my car and we don't talk about the houses. Like those were the two rules because you don't want to, again, look like that guy. Um, but, you know, I want people to know that I worked extremely hard yeah. for that mm. as well. And I think that there's nothing wrong with treating yourself and, and mm. making sure that um, you're setting yourself up for when radio finishes. But um, the entrepreneur stuff came because... When you first start in radio, and I was very blessed to have some people in my life that that wanted to help out, but radio money is like danger money. It doesn't last forever, and we're always told that. And the way the rating system works is that if you get two bad ratings in a row, you under review. And if you can't get it back on the right track, then they gas the show and they change it. And again, like you could have a job thinking you're all sweet and then next minute cut. And you've seen that happen on TV shows. You've seen that happen on... Man, how many radio shows have you probably listened to where the show's just completely changed and it's all gone? Um, and I'm, I'm so proud that I've never been a part of a show like that. Um, but you have to keep that in mind that that money doesn't last forever. And a lot of the people that help us out with the financial stuff, they compare it to like sport money. Is that, you know, uh, you know so like an athlete has only got a lifespan of this long. Yep. Once you get to that point, it's like, hey, what are you doing now? You go to France, Japan, make your last little yep, bit of money yep, and then, yep. then you're done. And um, so they always compare it to that. And so when I first started on radio, um, I was surrounded by some really good finance people that helped us through. They encouraged us to like, you know, learn about investments and all that sort of stuff. And Sarah and I bought our first house in 2014. And then um, uh, then they, they said, every time you get like a little bit more or a bonus or something, then invest it again. And so we started investing in a lot of things um, and houses was one of them. So I probably contributed to the housing shortage, so I apologize for that, but I've <laughs> paid it back by selling them all now. But um, yeah, so we bought into that. We had finance people around us. And then I said one day that um, 
to our financial advisor that my mum and dad or my dad wanted to retire. So he's a chef. So I was like, I would love mm-hmm. to build a cafe with them, uh, for them. And um, so we invested in that and we built them a cafe. And then when COVID hit, my mum lost her job as a um, air hostess. So because there's no planes traveling. So mm-hmm. we had the business there for mum to come straight into and keep yeah. them afloat. So yeah, so we invested in that um, uh, in, in the cafe and, and um, I invest in um, housing and property and, and that sort of stuff. And, and my wife's got a business that she's, that she's launching too. So again, it's just, it's preparing myself that when radio does finish, that I'm good. And that's why at the end of the MyFM journey, I was actually content just to finish because I knew that I was happy and, you know, mm. I, I knew that our life would be sweet. So um, yeah, again, it, it's so much easy now. And that's one of the dangerous parts about social media too, is that you got to be careful on who you follow too, yeah. because you look at someone's life, man, everybody's life looks sweet as no one's putting ugly <laughs> yeah, photos yeah, up on yeah, social media. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this person's got this, this person's got that. I never bought into that hype. And I don't want people thinking that I did, mm. but I think it's, you, you live within your means and don't spend all the money that you've got, put some aside. I know that's hard because some people are living paycheck to paycheck, but they, like I wasn't making the most amount of money when I first started on radio, but you figure it out. Uh, yeah, we didn't have kids, but you figure it out. And again, stay ambitious, stay humble, but what do you want out of your life and mm. what's going to get you there mm. legally going to get you there. <laughs> um, and so Again, I, I put those focuses in place. And again, like, man, I, I, I'm I very blessed and I was privileged enough to have that opportunity. And I know it doesn't work for everybody, but I don't want people to feel that there is no hope. Like mm. you keep pushing, find that ambition to push and, and do stuff that you like. Like I, I wanted to make sure that my wife and my mum and dad were happy and I figured it out. And and um, I hope that, that that blessing just continues on as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. That's awesome, awesome. And I think a lot of people, because they, they, they know who you are, Nixon, oh, Nixon, and they probably check your IG and all that kind of stuff, and they look, oh, look at it. all this amazing photos and all these places you, you, you've been to and gone to. And But you're right, you're spot on in terms of that's the, that's the end product. They, they haven't seen the, the hard grind and yeah. the hard work prior to all of that. They don't know that I work four jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's it's because of that. And some people might even be, they'll still be haters. And you know yeah. that. They'll be still be haters. Ah, whatever, what a fear piling you guy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you probably get all of that. But the truth of the matter is this, you work your ass off to do those, to get those things. And the thing is, I love the fact that you, you said, you know, don't believe the hype. Yeah. And your intentions, make sure that your intentions are, are you know, are, uh, well, in, uh, in terms of um, helping others, and so, bro, that's that's um, that means a lot, man. No, and and again, like I just yeah, I want to like double down on that. So like I you know I, I I bought those houses not for clout. I bought those houses for my financial freedom and my uh, family's. No. I bought that car for me. I didn't buy it to show off and 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 do all that sort of stuff, you know. And and again, it's 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 your intentions. Like, what do you want to achieve for you and the people around you? And I want people to know that that. It is hard work, but my intentions are never to be better than anybody wow. else. My intentions, my my actual real intention in, in radio is I just wanted Samoan people to be heard. We don't have to work on a Samoan radio station. It doesn't have to be a hip-hop and R&B station. I just want Samoan voices being heard. That's it. That's my pure intention wow. um, when, I'm, when I turn on the mic. It's like someone just like me can listen to this and feel that they're being represented. That's pure. That's on. That's the honest truth. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> and you're right because Nixon, they, can they, you know, there's, there's, you know, obviously the, in terms of the Pacific um, space, you know, people think, oh, we need to do our own uh, Pacific stuff or our own Pacific radio station. But I love the fact that you say, hey, 
you know, I can make it in the mainstream. I can actually make it in the mainstream. I don't yeah. have to create something over here. I can actually go there and make it and make it big and do a, an excellent job. And that's what you've done, man. Yeah. And if, if another Samoan can come through or another Pacific Islander or Maori can come through and then they can do it, like, man, how cool is it to watch, like, the news now and you've got, <laughs> like, representation on there, yeah. you know? Like, that's that's what we need, you know? And, and, man, no disrespect to, like, the other platforms that are creating it specifically for our people where 100% of that content is for 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 our people but we shouldn't just be for that like yeah, we man yeah. we're humans like we 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 can be represented in all different layers it's beautiful man um yeah so i'm real big on that real big on that awesome man mm. that's so awesome it just makes me appreciate the journey even more and just a reminder that we're on a journey and sometimes it's easier to, to sort of branch out and then you start to doubt because you know you sort of turn back and you're the only one there and so just yeah. big ups on pers- pursuing it and just a reminder that you know we're all on our own journey and i think that's, that, that's so important and um all different cars but we're all heading the same <laughs> way yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it yeah. we're all on state highway one yeah in traffic we're all yeah. on the same we're all, we're all stuck in bumper bumper. Bumper. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, i just wanted to give big ups to even like your social media from what i saw everything that you've said sort of a there's like a transparency there where mm. It just seems like it's it's you, you know, having a laugh. Yeah, because um, I'm terrible on social media. Like, <laughs> you know, like I've got like 10 photos on it and like there's me mowing the lawns, my Lego collection and my wife and my, my animals. That's that's basically it. And yeah. my mates. And just that self-awareness, I think, mm-hmm. is so important. And like you mentioned, um, you know, it's a lot harder to get to that point and be able to figure out yourself and what works and what doesn't and sort of find your own rhythm in life yeah and i feel like that's a, a journey that at least for myself is and i'm sure a lot of other men out there mm. are still trying to find that right balance of who yeah. we are and, and and our own rhythm and you know what like if i'm being honest as well like i'm not 100 percent there but mm. i know where i'm going i yeah. know what i'm trying to achieve and i think that 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 clears the fog a bit you know and, and again so don't think that like i've cracked it and i'm trying to be the man yeah. like i'm still <laughs> on that journey too but i think the fog is clearing because I know where I'm going. Mm. That's it. Because I've got to focus. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So I encourage that to everybody else as well. Just keep pushing. Keep pushing through that fog. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. Awesome. Hey, listen, it's, I know in terms of time's sake, um, but also just a lot of rich, um, a rich Delanoa in terms of, and the one thing that really stood up, um, looks at is, is intentions. If your intentions are pure and good for the betterment of yourself and others, mm. You can never go wrong, Anderson. You can never go wrong. Um, so rich, and I love the fact that um, and people and people obviously I go back to the haters and all that kind of stuff, but the work that you do it's it's a testimony of who you are. You know you can't you can't um, hide the fact that you put in the hard yards, um, and that's that's testament to who you are, Nixon. And so also thank you so much for the, your time. Thank you for your just your just your nuggets, pretty much nuggets also, and and um and speaking your truth, and sharing with with us. And I know a lot of men will be um appreciative of what you're saying and hearing. You're like, man, if Nixon can do it, it's the same thing. If Nixon can do it, man, hey, I can do it as well. If he's doing some amazing things, no, and that's the truth. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Like, <laughs> that's real talk. That is real talk. And I, I appreciate the time, mate, to come and have a chat. Oh, um, bro, you guys man, are doing God's you. work and. Just again, just giving the opportunity for people to share and talk and get talking, you know, mm. um, it's awesome. Yeah, no, we appreciate it also. Um, but is there anyone, um, Nixon, is there anyone that you can think of that would be ideal to come on the podcast? Do you think that, oh, this would be the, the right candidate or right person? Yeah. I, um, the first name that pops into my head is you have to talk to Nate. 
You yes, have to talk yes. to Nate now. Um, you can message him on Twitter because that's the only place that I can seem to get a hold of him too. Um, so th- there's there, there's two two people as well as Nate that would be awesome because they helped me on my journey. Um, Oscar Kitely and Mario Ngawa as well. Like those two gave me and Nate our first shot. And, oh, and I think that they, again, they opened the gate for a lot of us Pacific brothers to, you know, get into media um, and to get into radio. So, um, yeah, Mario, Oscar, and definitely Nate. Oh. Like, Nate's got the best stories. Oh, <laughs> He's yeah. got the yeah. best Nate, stories. Nate, if you're watching this, Nate, please. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar, Mario. Yeah, but they're awesome. good people. Good oh, people. man. Any, any last words, um, Jay? You wanna- just, just grateful for the time, the nuggets, just the authenticity, I think. And, and I think that's the secret sauce for why you're so loved. It's just people, you know, people can sense when someone, when you're being someone that you're not. And I think it just, it, through even just your voice, it flows through and people relate to that. So um, awesome to to get a peek behind the scenes and just to be surprised by how congruent everything is. Like you are who you are. And what you see is it. what you get. What you hear is what you get. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure plenty of other people do too. So um, yeah, just wanted to say thanks for coming, sharing your time with us. And um, yeah, any any sort of last last words to, to the crowd? Refine, unlock and take charge. Awesome, awesome. Also, one, one last thing as well, Nixon. Yeah. Um, every person that comes on, every guest that comes on the, yeah. on the podcast, we always give them a gift. And so, um, and so, we've done a, a, a sketch or a caricature of, of of you. What? And so, also, this is for you on behalf of the mandate team of Titele Love. Also, this is for you. Oh, shucks, this is actually <laughs> real good. I love that. And I love it. who did it. Oh man, you made me look skinny too. I appreciate you. Thank you. Man, that's so cool. Oh, I love man. that. Thank you so much. You're so oh, that's going up in the office. I'm putting that in the office. That's yeah. awesome. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you once you. again, Nixon. Okay, let's get my hand. Rocky. The studio audience. <laughs> Mandy.